Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast. We're bringing you a second Christmas episode. Earlier we discussed Neil Diamond's The Christmas Album, and today we're discussing the movie The Nativity Story. came out in 2006. I'm here with Mark. Hello. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> At least not my dad. My dad kind of says in jest, uh, Merry Messiahmas. I like that. Uh, yeah. I'm fine with a holiday Christmas or Jesus's birthday and stuff like that. Merry yeah. Mashiach. Well, cool. Um, I'd heard about the film uh, when it first came out, maybe seen it in advertising and things like that. But it didn't really piqued my interest at all um so i hadn't seen it until watching it for this podcast what was your uh background or interest in the movie yeah my background is similar um where i heard about it when it came out it seemed okay from afar and then my mom or i think or somebody in our family gave us our family like a, several different copies we each got a copy i never watched it it just sat on my shelf and then i finally got around to watching it a a year ago or a year and a half ago and i enjoyed it i was surprised to have enjoyed it as much as i as i did uh, Os- oscar isaacs is in it and you know i know i knew of him from star wars but i think this movie came out before you know a, a bit before he was in star wars so and this i think this may have been one of the ones that was early on in his career yeah i think it was and, but it was certainly well before star wars might be his first uh, starring role, as far as I can tell. Or at least, well, mm. he's not the star of the film, but he's second build. And as far as I can tell, that's the you know way up there on that. 2006, and then uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens didn't come out until 2015. I mm. had seen Inside Lewin Davis before Star Wars. Yeah. But part of oh, that, you did. Yeah. <laughs> but part of that is that I knew Great. the cast in the film, so... I went back and at least seen to see things. And, and what's his name who plays Kylo Ren is also has a little small role in there, which is hilarious. He has a, he's a little yeah, folk singer. Driver. The Kylo Ren is in there. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver's probably favorite performance, and at least from like an acting perspective, out of the three new Star Wars films. But he's up there. I think these are kind of mm-hmm. the two that'll seems like the two big stars, or at least the two actors that'll have a, a big career at least partially from being in in star wars um certainly adam adam driver oscar isaac was in sucker punch um kind of a smaller role i did like him in ex machina which is also that would came out like the same year as star wars but just a little bit before um mm-hmm. that was the kind of the main thing on that when i watched this film i mean perhaps he was younger but he disappears and becomes Joseph, you know, several times throughout the film. I don't see him as I. I don't see that. I. I, I see the the character, like I see the 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 person he's playing, the performance. He's twenty eight um, in this movie. He's in his forties um, in 
in the new Star Wars movies, which maybe he's playing a little bit younger on that. There's some background on the ages of the characters, like, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's uh, the historical number that they came up with or if it's just something that they established. Um, so he's supposed to be playing 32 in the film. I guess that's kind of not unusual for biblical times to have a kind of an age difference. And then Mary is, the actress is 16 and she's playing uh, um, someone that's 14 to 15. That might be the his, historically accurate as far as I know, or at least it's not inaccurate, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you, if you go watch Romeo and Juliet and kind of read between the lines uh, of the, some of the, the dialogue, uh for Juliet's age <laughs> Juliet's you know around that same age yeah. um so that's you know that's even that's the 1500s maybe not the 1500s but they're what they're when it takes place but yeah historically that's kind of that was kind of more commonplace not something to necessarily think about or too much or give the excuse yeah. because it's a divine story or biblically inspired story there yeah. was film called the new world have you seen that one no it was supposed to be a historically accurate version of the pocahontas story oh gotcha uh it had colin farrell um in his mid-30s having Mm -hmm. a a relationship with 14 15 year old pocahontas which was historically accurate and in that case it it felt unnerving yeah which is intentional gotcha also in that film there's more of an imbalance of power i think it was a good balance and i think it was a good portrayal of mary in that um she didn't feel like a passive uh person in the story yeah Yeah. she resists her parents a little bit and is you know visibly upset when her father says uh you are going to you're going to marry joseph (laughs) you know this is your pledge to be married to him so the actress was Keisha Castle Hughes. The only other thing uh, that seemed notable was that she was in the film Whale Rider, which I hadn't seen. Um, I yeah, I, I haven't seen that. And she's also, uh, I think she's the body double for Queen Padme as the Queen okay. of Naboo. She's the, I think she's the double. She's the one who looks, but yeah, Whale Rider. I, yeah, I vaguely recognize her face and can associate with that but i i've never seen that film <laughs> that's interesting that you know with a, a body double on that i think she might have been the reigning queen in the funeral in episode three so yeah po- oh possibly yeah model or something that would be interesting on that though um because natalie portman was at that point she was uh i think 24 this actress would have been um, like 16 Much younger. in the movie. Yeah, oh, okay. Which makes sense. Well, an interesting thing, so like for this for this film, is obviously, so Mary's given that she's visited by the an angel and told that she's going to be with child for by the Holy Spirit. And I heard that the actress actually um, became a, a teen parent, a teen, had a teen pregnancy while she was filming the film. Yeah. She was making the film. The um the actress herself, so she had um like curiously you know she had like Mary you know Miriam didn't uh she, you know it was like you know everybody she had to face kind of the shame it wasn't shame for herself but for the public shame 
for from from the culture saying you know who's this teenager who's pregnant you know she goes to she goes away and then comes back to joseph and joseph's like wow oh, did you you know have you been unfaithful to me <clears throat> um and they like i really like how the, this film deals with that it's interesting that the actress um you know had the opposite or or um it was you know she you know i i'm pretty sure the holy spirit did not <laughs> so not just <laughs> i think i'm pretty sure she you know she, it was you know it was a man but um or a teenager or whatever i don't know who what the, what the story is there but um but yeah but this i really like how this film deals with kind of the the pledging to be to be married that um you know where and you, it really seems like she's breaking a vow when it turns out that she's that she's pregnant but then also her kind of her the need to be courageous and to trust the lord and um in the midst of uh, becoming becoming pregnant and in a difficult time yeah i know that um at least just from this story um that um betrothal um you know being engaged was a legal thing um at the time so that you know it at least says in you know it's in the film but then if you know it says in the original text that he was looking to quietly divorce her and that's you know not something that was from the you know that they weren't you know married yet on that point but it was something that actually had to be be done on that for breaking off that engagement and things like that um, so for you, for your understanding, is that was this something from um, uh, was this part of the Jewish culture at, at that time too, specifically Jewish culture, or would it be would it be from um, like other? Uh, I think it's just Jewish culture, and it was actually it was cultural, not necessarily biblical, mm -hmm. and in some cases that uh, carry over into Christian circles, like a formal betrothal, but. I think that was because of the story and because of caring from Jewish culture and stuff like that. So, I think, mm. yeah, so it wasn't, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Joseph's, so Joseph's, um, his struggle and his needing to deal with, you know, to, the, the, I think that was also nicely done. It's powerful. And the, the, the parents saying wow she's like you know it's pretty it's pretty miraculous even though it's in you know, it's in prophecy you know i will give you a sign you know it's like you you gotta trust you gotta trust that the the girl the the woman really it <laughs> really did uh, was really was visited by yeah. by an angel that it, this really was so it's the one it's the one person you know throughout all of history yeah you know only one person could actually it's not an excuse in her case but <laughs> yeah no it's uh yeah and it, it makes sense that you know they both had to or that you know they got that mary got the vision and joseph got the vision yeah uh, i liked how this how this film dealt with that i think uh in in this in the scriptures the um, mary and elizabeth and zechariah which they show here that that's all shown in luke and then the um joseph gets gets the visitation in um in the book of matthew 
they did add the lines. Um, there's, I think, a nice conversation between Mary and Joseph, and Mary asked Joseph if if he's afraid, and Joseph said yes. So I think mm-hmm. that was one of the better moments. Um, so it wasn't specifically in the scriptures, but it, I think it added and some human context, um, some personality to it. And from what I've heard that the scripts said that he wasn't afraid, but that um, Oscar Isaac uh, went with the, said that he was afraid. So, and then she followed, she followed his lead. Yeah. But yeah. It, it makes him seem very real. Like, you know, for me becoming, um, just having recently become a father, <laughs> um and you know and anticipating my my son's birth um and talking to my wife you know it's like you're excited and you're afraid and i love i love his the line that he says he's like actually you know you know she says she asks him do you ever wonder if like when we'll know that you know that he's or when the the child you know is going to know that that he's the son of god you know that he's god in the God made flesh, Emmanuel, uh, and she and he says, well, you know, I wonder actually if I'll, ever, I'll even be able to teach him anything, <laughs> you know, you know. I think most parents, you know, have to like part of raising a child is that you raise you raise the child up until the child is, you know, doesn't need your help and or as much, you know, basically, and can be independent, and sometimes knows more than you. It's, it's crazy to think about uh, raising Yeshua. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have the song "O Come Emmanuel" as part of the instrumental intro for the for the yeah. for that. So I I enjoyed that. Um, of course, it kind of had the discussion like "O Come Emmanuel" is my favorite of the mm-hmm. Christmas holiday songs. They did incorporate instrumental Christmas music throughout the yeah. the film, which which I, I pretty much liked it. For I definitely liked that it was typically instrumental in the background music um yeah and subtle too it's usually like a couple just two seconds of it right yeah there's I mean, like there's even sing we now of christmas there's do 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 and that's just used as a transition i think when they're i think when they're uh entering jerusalem you know in their travels uh, i think that's what i think that's what yeah. it is when they're going to when they're going into Bethlehem. Uh, it seems a little anachronistic. Yes. It's interesting that I associate so many of those songs um with American Christian culture, you know, or American Christmas. Even if it's not that, it's also it would be like European in the last few couple yeah. hundred years, right? You know, like Silent Night and other ones are you know, talking about the historical event and things like that. Uh, I enjoyed those for what they were more like coming back to it a second time. The first time they were distracting. And then this, this time when I, when I watched, this was my second time watching it. It was, he was coming back and I kind of, I kind of got a better sense of what they were doing. Yeah. It's, it's surprisingly uh, historic, historically accurate or like the set design is pretty good. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, So it feels like better than like, most biblical epics or other historical historical films yeah coming in, into this film i didn't expect much from that but i i think they did a good job of of showing jewish culture in the first century and 
you know, being part of the Roman world. I think they did a good job on that other than in Passion of the Christ, but you know, with Passion of the Christ, I knew it was a, a big budget movie and it was advertised and talked about as a historically accurate film. So I hadn't mm-hmm. expected it from a Christian film that kind of came and went, um, at least as far as pop culture. The film yeah. did, did okay in U.S. markets and then didn't really do much of an impact overseas. Mm-hmm. And it did have a medium budget, I guess. We're pretty good at the environment that or creating an environment with less than a major uh, feature film, the mm-hmm. typical feature film budget. You got to see a little of a day-to-day life, you know, and see them, you know, farming and, uh, you know, pressing oil and things like that. It's more than just, uh, you know, the obligatory carpenter shot. <laughs> yeah. I liked also them on wall, they're doing the journey, the journey into Bethlehem, the prayer, they break bread. And uh, Joseph Joseph gives a Hebrew prayer. They call him Jesus. They don't say Yeshua, but they um, but but he does do like a Baruch Hashem. I think he says Baruch Hashem. So they did kind of go the the at least the Christian traditional route for the wise men, the Magi is kind of the term for that. You know, in like Christian tradition, they that it was three of them. You know, it doesn't say in the in the Bible, just that there was three gifts. Um, yes. And doesn't really say where they came from, but from the East. So on one hand, um, they did kind of go with the ethnicities of the kind of the traditional three of them where it's like one is from Africa. That was all right, but it did seem that they, uh, you know, came from Persia. Um, I think in, yeah, from what I've generally heard, I, I was guessing that it was that the wise men the were coming from you know Babylon or Persia that area where there it was Jews that were continuing to live in that area after most or some of the Jews returned from Babylon to the country of Israel in in terms of the film I liked how it showed them preparing kind of and like seeking out you know the texts and through uh, and looking at the stars but in terms of the like the timeline seemed a little uh it seems a little forced into like like a modern like trying to get the little visual at the end of the everybody the shepherds and the wise men yeah. uh, because i think i think i was i think like in the scriptures it seems like they saw it and then they came to visit but you know he may have been born you know they may have visited you know after several months you know yeah. like when moses was was born Yeshua when Yeshua was born you know there was child child killings done by the government and the indication in scriptures is that it's the you know children under like under four or five years old I think so it's possible that they left to go into Egypt and then the wise men visited it's in but I, it's, I wonder though it's a, that's a, it's a curious part of how did they follow the star you know how did they follow the star did it shine down like in you know in the christmas in the christmas cards or in the way they do in the film where it's like moonlight's like glowing on this little little cave does that mean they were following is like every night they saw the star for months or they (laughs) yeah that go um yeah it's like either like there was some christian tradition saying like okay well they must have maybe they started before yeshua was born but it seems like the timing 
is that you know they left when they saw the star and it was like likely at least months and then could have been up to the two years after two years you know the mary joseph and issue of fled to egypt um mm-hmm. you see at the Doom. end of the movie or you know in the beginning of the movie with a flash forward um yeah there is a one line i think um kind of shoehorn in where one of them says i am the wisest right 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 <laughs> yeah i like that they laugh at the you know the all the other guys laugh at that you know i like the shepherd um yeah and i like the the implication in the film that the shepherd comes to bless and to see the child and mary you know says you know he's for everybody you know and a shepherd imagery is often associated with with um with yeshua and with you know with king and with david the king attributes that god likes you know to taking care of the flock and shepherd my people you know hum- humble but profession but you know really imp- important and you know uh, caring about every single person you know every single living thing so, yeah. oh yeah that's a a good line that they add to that and big part of the story you know it's not the that it is important um that's not just for nobles and um kings but it's for every person from what i read with the with the wise men that it being conflated with kings was wanting to specifically fulfill some prophecy saying that you know the kings of earth will you know bow down before the anointed one oh i got you i got you so it's saying the like there because that those would be if they are kings that would be the king you know that would be the only kings Uh, yeah that revere yeshua in his lifetime yeah i got you you know i i don't think that's you know i think whenever it's talking about kings serving yeshua it's either um talking about after his death or talking about you know the second coming yeah i think of his like his second coming you know because like his first the his first coming you know is very lowly and humble but when he comes again he's going to be you know he's the he's the promised king you know and he and but this time like they had he has the three gifts right it's like the foreshadowing to to the passion to to his sacrifice you know with the the gift of the myrrh and that's really what that was supposed to be but the first gift is gold and yeshua when in his earthly life you know he lived you know the best man right but but he's really going to come as a king when he in the second coming and it's kind of hard for us to even imagine it right yeah. when he really is going to reign but when he does reign people really are going to bow down at that time oh that's interesting i never knew that was how the th- three kings that but that i guess that makes sense so somebody trying part, to shoehorn yeah. it can be an, an interesting thought exercise and like i like to think of yeshua coming at or uh, being born on sukkot um uh-huh. like a you know we have the line um you know it's like talking about yeshua tabernacle basically tabernacling with a with us so it's the same you know root word and and things like that and and i yeah. think uh timeline wise it works out for him being born in the fall um yeah but on the other hand if that's wrong it works as an interesting spiritual thoughts and exercises but 
you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know if that's divinely inspired or not, you know. Yeah, it it would make sense though, um, for you know, for him to have been born on one of the, the Jewish holidays. <laughs> you know, for to, you're supposed to remember the holidays because they will be signs to you. <laughs> so the idea of him tabernacling, yeah, you know, be, be becoming becoming with us, and you know, it's like a temporary. Sukkot is like living in booths, you know, living. Yeah, in, yeah it did that. Make it does make a lot of sense. It's a nice. It's a nice idea. And I and it wouldn't like I don't think that would, I wouldn't be surprised if God if God did that. It was kind of an interesting note that they they had a globe. The the wise men had a globe in the in the film. Uh, yeah, the charts and things like that, um, which could be accurate. Um, uh, so the Greeks established, uh, you know, that the world is a sphere. So that's a couple hundred years before. Um, you know, people in Europe understood that the world wasn't flat. Um, I think that was kind of an extra myth that was kind of added to pump up uh, Columbus. Some of our like reinterpretations of that are seem to not be as historically <laughs> accurate. They were looking at Hebrew text. I think it works well. Like it's works in kind of works with it being Persia or Babylon or overall on the film. My thoughts on the on the biblical story itself. It works well for telling the story of you know the birth of Yeshua. So works from an educational and I suppose it could work from as an evangelical tool as a movie itself. I think that there wasn't enough conflict in the movie or enough uh, plot elements for Hmm. it to as a full movie where they did probably the best job they could um, for keeping a biblically accurate story, but I wasn't really caught up in the story and, yeah, for me, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to separate. Obviously, it's like a retelling of uh, in in churches, you know, around the world, people do you know nativity stories, and like we know the foreshadowing, and it's kind of the um, the necessary foreshadowing. So I like I like the acting in terms of like showing Mary uh, now having become a father. Um, some of the like, for example, like when Elizabeth gives birth and Mary's watching her <laughs> give birth. You know, my wife, my wife, uh, because we were in Japan, she didn't, she didn't get to have like modern medicine, you know, like Elizabeth's like writhing in pain, right? You know, she's yeah. like, ah, she's shouting. And it's not, it goes back to Genesis, you know, where like the, the consequence of the curse is that uh, childbirth is going to be painful. In modern medicine, you know, we try to dull that. It helps bring some of those small moments to come, come to life. Uh, it would be interesting as an evangelical tool. Uh, I'd be curious, you know, somebody. I wonder, depending on their background, how much, yeah. how much they understood. I'm sure they would be curious. It's still like it's one of those things that we believe. You know, we believe it, right? Right. The miraculous, the Holy Spirit. It's kind of something that people are like, "What in the world, God?" You know, the, the girl made a girl pregnant, and then. <laughs> God became a boy, a baby boy. That's so weird. You know, it's still like a miraculous thing. This is now this. I so I watched it last. I think it was last year, or maybe it was two years ago. But I'll probably, I'll probably uh, watch it again, if not every year. Like, I, th I think I'll end up like watching it every, every so often. 
you know, along with Elf, you know, Elf is like, <laughs> Elf is just like a silly, you know what I mean? It's like, it has nothing to do with yeah. this, this story. Elf, yeah. Elf is pretty good. I don't know if I necessarily watch uh, any Christmas movies year after year. I'm thinking of uh, yeah. Jingle All the Way a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Nice. My favorite is the the Charlie Brown, the Peanuts, yeah. the Peanuts Christmas. It's, it's Christmas Charlie Brown. That's a pretty good yeah, one. Jingle, jingle all the way. I haven't seen Jingle All the Way without I I can just imagine. Yeah. Does Schwarzenegger ever say Jingle All the Way in the film? Because I just imagine his his face on the on the cover of that one. He's got some pretty uh uh heavily Austrian German kind of accent stuff like that, you know. But it's hey, Mary. Yeah, it's all about getting the toy, you know, before Christmas and stuff like that. Merry Christmas. And happy New Year to you, <laughs> or something. I don't know. I, I'm just imagining. So you you think that's a good one? Okay, maybe I'll watch that sometime. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely up there. I think it's kind of prototypical Schwarzenegger kind of stuff. You know, I mean, he's not killing people, but you know, it's a <laughs> kind of action, um, okay. one-liner kind of stuff. Yeah, I really like the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen one though. I liked it. I I don't know how many other films that you know tell the story, but like to complement the passion, you know, the passion is like the the last like day really essentially of his life, and this is the 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 first two two chapters of Matthew and Luke, or first three yeah first two chapters of Matthew and Luke. Yeah, if you want to just like just reread reread those. Yeah. those uh in the scripture and it would take you less time right but if you want if you want to like i see it, it's kind of told in a biblical epic it actually does better than the ones in the 60s and 70s i tell them this part of the story i think it's i think it's worthwhile that's a good point yeah you could definitely read the different versions in in much less time from a evangelical point like i think yeah the yeah the adult yeshua doesn't necessarily have to just be passionate of Christ, but like there's other movies that focus on his life. Yeah, Desmond from Lost is a is in a was in a good one. He's he's Yeshua. He plays plays Jesus. Gotcha. Adapted from the Gospel of John. It's a pretty intense movie. It's controversial. I I think that the Last Temptation of Christ is a is a good movie. If you you kind of have to, it's like as long as you know the actual gospel message and you know the movie. Like I think there's there's a reason they go off like they deviate from the scriptures you know okay yeah have you, you've seen it yeah yeah have you, yeah okay yeah it's an i mean it's an interesting like some people say like you know you shouldn't it, um, you can use it as an evangelical tool but there's all like you know are you breaking are you breaking one of the ten commandments you know the also not make the you know form of an image of <laughs> you know anything on yeah a lot of people's like uh, pictures of Jesus. If you look, you know, a lot of those came from like these actors from the '60s and '70s or the '50s, '60s, yeah. and '70s who portrayed Jesus in films. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how they got these these white, you know, non non uh, Middle but Eastern looking. Based on, I think it was based on pop culture and paintings and stuff like that. As far as contact for us, it's Facebook.com/slash/messianicmedia messianicmedia at gmail.com and uh, 
let us know what you think of this and the uh, Neil Diamond Christmas album. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be back and let us know if you have any uh, other holiday suggestions or themed episodes and we'll consider it. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.